Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Michigan football fall camp is underway. Started Wednesday, day one of practice. Pads aren't on yet, but that will come in a few days. Uh, welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas. Anthony Broom is off the grid for this week, but we'll catch up with him uh, next week. Uh, let's talk some fall camp. We're going to get to the Mel Pearson situation. News could come on that. It could already be out by the time uh, you know some people have gotten to this podcast. So uh, bear with us there. Uh, we'll talk about him at the end, but we'll start with fall camp, which is uh, and football's king, of course. And uh, those guys seeing some of the pictures and a, a couple of the clips gets you excited seeing them on the field yesterday. Uh, obviously, the number one storyline of the fall camp is going to be Cade McNamara against J.J. McCarthy. Let's talk about that a little bit first. I know we did last week that we can get into some other things to watch, but, uh, you know, seems like J.J. is about 100 percent. Cade, you know, this is his team, as he said, in terms of leadership and uh, let the best man win over the next four or five weeks. That's how it's going to play out. Right. And I think Cade McNamara is going to get first shot, as he probably should, since he went through the entire spring. J.J. McCarthy with the shoulder injury set him back a little bit. We talked about this so often about how this is going to play out. and What's going to happen essentially is that they're both going to get reps. Davis Warren's going to get some reps, too. People forget about him. That kid's a good quarterback. Uh, he's not in the mix to start this year, but it would not stun if he were in future years down the road. So he's got all the, he can make all the throws. He's got all the tools. So he'd be one to watch. But right now it's McNamara and McCarthy. You got one guy that led a Big Ten title. You got another guy that played a role in that. And a lot of people think is Michigan's best pro prospect since Chad Henney way back in the day. I thought Devin Gardner was going to be, and maybe he would have been in a better situation. So it's kind of disappointing. But uh, anyway, I think it's uh, it is going to be McNamara's show, in my opinion. I think he's going to start the opener. I think both are going to play in the non-conference, and then they will make that determination going on throughout the year as to who it's going to be in Big Ten play. So, but it's a great problem to have. You got two guys that are committed to the university that love Michigan. Both have the skills. People can say whatever they want to about McNamara. He is a Big Ten championship-winning pro uh, quarterback. So, uh, it's going to be his team until JJ takes it from him question we've got a lot recently is uh, and by the way I agree with you I think it's going to be Cade McNamara at the very least to start the season then we'll see how it goes from there non-conference is a great opportunity with the late schedule for those guys to you know continue to battle it out but people keep asking you know is it going to be you know kind of what we saw last season where it was two plays from JJ and then Cade's back in and then you know maybe two more the next drive or none the next drive you know I think he's going to play more but then the other question is, well, is it going to be a Brady Henson where, you know, Brady starts, maybe that'd be Cade. You know, I know he would probably love that, but they do have the NIL deal together. Uh, you know, that's his comparison. And then Drew Henson would be the J.J. McCarthy. He comes in in the second quarter and, you know, whoever is playing better or whatever uh, takes it over from there. And I know that led to a lot of times where Tom Brady had to dig Michigan out of a hole, uh, including against Michigan State when he wasn't quite able to, to do it. But, um, you know, do you have a take on how they should play this? If it is going to be JJ doing it more, I, I see in a way where you want, you could go in and be like, yeah, this is the plan. Everyone knows the deal. 
But at the same time, I think you can't have something set in stone either. You got to kind of go with the feel of the game. I I like how they played it last season to an extent, but at the same time, sometimes JJ would come in and I'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you messing this thing up? Uh, And not that JJ messed it up. You know, he had some great plays, had some, you know, bad plays like any freshman, but uh, do you have a take on that, how they should maybe handle it? Yeah. First of all, it depends on how McCarthy plays in camp and he's got to protect the ball and he's got to do a little bit better job of that than he did in camp last year. He clearly had the skills. He was inconsistent. However, if he's more consistent then I think he's going to get more time. I think that's that stands to reason that that makes perfect sense. And here's a guy that, again, he's got the big arm. He can move better. Uh, there, are, he looks. He's the flashier option. Let's let's flat out put it like it is. Uh, Cade McNamara is the guy that just leads touchdown drives and, and scoring drives, as Jim Harbaugh has said so many times. So I think they're going to map it out in practice, and they're going to say, okay, who led us on more scoring drives? Both these guys are going to get plenty of reps, Clay, with the the ones to and have that opportunity against the number one defense to lead drives in practice. And if, if McNamara is leading more then guess what, he's probably going to be the guy. And then you're going to have a similar role as for last year uh, as last year for McCarthy. But uh, I do think it's, he's going to improve. There's no question about it, but so is Cade. So it's going to really come down to what happens in the, in these next four weeks heading into the opener with Colorado state uh, but I certainly could see it going any number of ways. I could see something similar to last year where McCarthy plays a little bit more. I could see them both getting a quarter, for example, like the Brady Henson thing, which didn't play out too well, unfortunately, in hindsight. But when you've got two options like this and you've got two guys that deserve to play, then they both are going to play. That's just the way I, I view it because of how Jim Harbaugh talks about meritocracy and how he views that. Yeah, no, I agree. And the thing I love, I remember when Harbaugh came in and it was like spring ball and you kept hearing he charts everything where they chart every rep. They chart, you know, who did this, who did that. Uh, So you're right. I think it's going to be, you know, whoever wins the job, I think it'll be fairly easy to explain why. And, you know, the other guy's going to continue to fight like hell and and try to win that thing. But, uh, you know, when people were complaining about why didn't John O'Corn, you know, they should just put him in. Well, we kind of saw why Will Despite ended up winning that job, too. And. Uh, you know, I think it will be the best guy. But again, that competition will go into the year um, outside of those two uh, who, you know, all eyes are on um, guys. That I'm excited to watch in fall camp. I mean, there's a there's a pretty long list. I, I put Andrell Anthony up there. Um, I think he's probably I would put him with the twos right now, but he has the potential to end up being the leading receiver on this team. A number of guys do. And I think it'll be Ronnie Bell. But you never know. Um, the edge guys are going to be, you know, guys to watch. We got the graphic up on the screen for the people on YouTube. Will Johnson at corner, can he take over that number one spot opposite of DJ Turner? Or will he play some nickel? Uh, you know, probably a little bit of both. But who are you going to be kind of, you know, I guess when, when we are able to get to talk to these guys, which is potentially tomorrow, but who are you most excited to kind of hear about this fall camp? Donovan Edwards. Uh, after John Jansen told me he thought that Donovan Edwards would be one of the best running backs in the country by the end of the year, which I thought was uh, surprising. Number one, given that Blake Corum is still here and had 956 yards last year, averaged 6.7 yards a carry. But Donovan Edwards, they think is a special talent. And, you know, the Marshall Falk type who can catch passes out of the backfield. Can he run between the tackles? I didn't think his balance was great last year. And people will say, oh, he didn't play enough to tell. You can tell in some freshman backs right from the get-go I'll go back to Mike Hart, for example, and, and guys like that. Uh, Tim Biakabatuka in his peak way back in the day. When you first saw these guys and got a real good glimpse of what they could do, you're thinking, wow, this guy's pretty good. 
And uh, you saw some of that from from Donovan Edwards, but not a ton as a runner. You saw it as a pass catcher in, I guess, Maryland. And uh, there's no question that this guy is immensely talented. But can he be that between the tackles runner? What's his vision? What's his balance? I want to see more of that. But that's what I want to hear is that that battle is uh, just as good as last year's Hassan Haskins Blake Corum battle. Uh, number two, who's the big back? Because Clay, you can run man ball, but if you don't have that back that can break a tackle once every now and then, uh, and Corum was different. Hassan Haskins was different in that he was breaking tackles and getting yards after contact. Blake Corum was making guys miss, but there's something to be said for in a game like Penn State when Haskins got 100 and something yards of his 150 after contact. That's kind of what you need to move the chain sometimes. There were times he was dead to rights and still got three yards. Otherwise, they would have been punting. So that's going to be interesting to me. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Will Johnson, you see up there, what's his impact from day one? I think he can be a Dax Hill type from day one, a Dax Hill freshman year type. What's not, not a junior, you know, but a guy that can come in there and do several different things. Uh, and then you look at Mike Morris. I think he's underrated. Uh, we've been hearing from people saying Mike Elston's going to move him all over the line and put him in favorable positions. So it's going to be fun to watch this team come together, but there's plenty of talent. Uh, I think this is a contender. I think this is a team that has a, a good chance to go into Columbus. I think they're going to have a legit chance to beat Ohio State in Columbus for the first time since 2000 and, and win another Big Ten championship. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mike Morris is fascinating to me uh, looking at his weight difference too. That's the first thing I thought of last night when they released that roster. And I saw that he was up to 292 pounds for an edge guy. Um, and we saw him do it last year where he was moving in. He was over the nose at, or he was you know at nose at times last season on some of those pass downs. And he said, you know, it was something that he was willing to do because he knew they had the studs, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. He wants to play more of an edge. This year, but I, I don't think they're going to, uh, you know, limit him there. I think three tech, five, move him all the way in if they have to, and he can rush the passer. Taylor Upshaw is another guy who looked, he really stood out to me when we were with them at the uh, Gerald R. Ford Museum on the trip. I thought he looked really good. Speaking of, you know, guys that have done really well this offseason, you look at some of the weight changes with Tristan Bounds up 29 pounds to, to 311 pounds, Julius Wellscoff. Now an edge, uh, not a defensive tackle anymore. He lost 22 pounds, down to 266. He could be a factor there. Trevor Keegan, down 19 pounds to 305. Uh, you know, you look at Mike Morris gaining that 14 pounds. Rod Moore gains 12 pounds to 185. Uh, even Junior Colson up 10. Blake Corum up 10. Eric All up 10. Chris Jenkins, another guy who's up to 285. Even though he told us a couple of weeks ago he was 288, and then he tweeted 290 yesterday. 
So, uh, you know, obviously they list you at whatever, whatever weight. And Mozzie Smith, an absolute beast, uh, up to 337, his all-time high at Michigan. And just looks, you know, as ripped as ever, but as big as ever. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, he said, hey, maybe I could be the best player in the country. And he's not ruling anything out. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go that far, but I think he's going to have, have a hell of a year. Um, yeah, I mean, any takeaways from some of those weight differences on some of those guys? I thought it was good weight, and some guys yeah. shedded some they need to do. And, and when you see him in person, that's the big thing. Um, yeah. What's Max Inter listed at? That was the one that interested me, because I thought he looked a little big when I saw him at his camp this summer. He's down, uh, okay. according to the roster. I think he was down like five. Um, okay, which is good. Um, maybe, you know, the last several weeks, <laughs> because that kid looked big, you know. And, um, and part of it is, you know, he is big, but – I thought, okay, is that good weight? Who knows? You know what? And I'm not criticizing the kid because I just don't know. But um, that's what it looked like to me. So, but uh, yeah, I, it's very interesting. Chris Jenkins is the one because everybody said in the offseason, and he's talked about how if he gets up to about 285, 287 pounds, then this guy could really be a monster inside. And in talking to Mozzie Smith in Chicago about a month and a half ago, he said, guy's got the potential to be a beast. And when we saw him, He's had a protein bar in his in his hand, and he was eating like crazy. He was taking it seriously. But that's what you got on this team is a bunch of guys that are really committed to that and to being the best they can be. And I know it sounds cliche and maybe corny, but that's what it takes to win championships. We didn't see it in 2020. We certainly saw it last year. Guys want to win. So, And we've talked about Ronnie Bell, and I think that his really his return is being undervalued here. I think this guy as a leader, as a football player – some of the catches he made last year, that one-handed grab against Western that got called back on an offensive pass interference but shouldn't have was a play that not very many guys can make. And he's got he's gotten faster, according to Jim Harbaugh. He's running his cone drills faster. He's doing all that stuff better. So it looks like he's 100%. You just you know cross your fingers and hope that knee holds up, and it certainly should uh, since he got it repaired. Totally agree. PR'd in miles per hour on sprints, three cone drill and plyometric stairs. Uh, and that was after he looked like he had kicked into a whole new gear last season at the beginning of the year. Um, and he's obviously a huge leader for you too. So yeah. And that's why he got the cover of the Wolverine magazine. He, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, going to be a fantastic player this fall. Um, and that kind of leads me into what we feel best about for this Michigan team as camp starts. That can change. I remember last year we were talking all summer about the linebackers and there was some concern there. Josh Ross, you know, hadn't stayed healthy. Uh, Junior Colson was just a freshman. Uh, Nakai Hill Green was, was pretty unproven. And then by the time, you know, midway through camp, we were saying linebackers might be one of the better position groups on this team. So that's going to happen too. But heading in, there are some obvious strengths for this Michigan team. A lot of them being on offense, uh, offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, um, obviously huge. And, and you look at quarterback as well. That's a big strength. The two running backs they have, that's basically, that's every offensive position group. But there are some things to like on defense too. Um, I would say if I had to pick one, I just, the offensive line, winning at the line of scrimmage is is so huge. And with Olu, coming in and, and joining those three returning starters. It, it's massive for this team. Uh, what, what do you feel best about heading? Yeah, they, the one thing that really stood out at Media Day, Big Ten Media Day in Indianapolis was when Mozzie Smith talked about going up against Olu Oluwatimi at center. Somebody on the message board said yesterday, oh, Vistardis was a beast. And I'm like, well, you know what Vistardis was? He was a, a heady guy who was very smart, tough, 
and got the most out of his ability. Oluwatimi is a beast. And Mozzie Smith said, I haven't gone up against a guy like that at Michigan since Cesar Ruiz, who happened to be a first round pick. So those guys, it's like, you know, Godzilla versus Mothra or whatever, you know, go back for these old timers into that kind of stuff. But uh, he is, those guys are, are going to get the best out of each other. And Oluwatimi, I think, really makes that line better. Uh, Trente Jones as well on the right on the right side. There are things that they can do with his athleticism. Andrew Stuber was fantastic last year, outstanding last year, and that, that yet you've got a guy that can really get out there and do some things with his athleticism now, where this line has the potential to be better. We don't talk enough about Ryan Hayes and what he, you know. When I said I said at one point that he reminded me of Chris Zeman, a guy that's going to have a hard time who played in 1997. He's going to have a hard time maybe putting on the weight, but he's going to give you everything he can, and he's going to. Chris Zeman was a pro for a while, and uh, he was reliable. And that's the kind of guy that Ryan Hayes is. And so Zinter is a mauler. Uh, we'll have something on Inside the Fort tomorrow, a little teaser on how strong he is. Uh, we're going to have something a little bit on the linebackers, too, uh, maybe a surprise there uh, from some of the things that we've heard early. So stay tuned to that. But love DJ Turner, one of the most confident kids. I, I interviewed him for the football preview one of the most confident corners I've seen here since Charles Woodson and Rod Moore is the guy that's always, always, he watched like twice as much film as anybody last year. And that's why he's so good. Certainly he's skilled, but this is a guy who is all about learning and understanding plays. I think they're going to be just fine back there. I do too. I think that's a sneaky strength of this team as a defensive backfield, which is why they're up there. And I agree. Rod Moore is Jim Harbaugh put it in the spring. You know, he's really young for his grade. So he was a three-star recruit. He came in, made an impact towards the end of his freshman year. If he would have been in the proper grade or, you know, normally, uh, you know, normal age for his grade, I guess you could say, then maybe he would have been a five-star as a freshman this year. So that's something to consider, too. And DJ Turner, uh, you're seeing him get some of those preseason accolades that are well-deserved as well. And what I was going to say going back to uh, what I forgot to mention before we transition to this is Chris Jenkins. Uh, Michigan football account tweeted a photo of him going up against Olu yesterday in one-on-ones. And I mean, he looked almost just as big, um, you know, so he is, uh, he's going to be a factor too. somebody that people are forgetting about. I, I'm going to throw it out there that I think he's going to be upgrade over Chris Hinton from last season, but um, moving on to next topic of what concerns you the most about this team to me. And I know we've talked about it and you feel the same way about, the pass rush, they got to prove themselves. We're going to find that out during the season. But until then, it's a question mark. Uh, you're not going to get 25 sacks out of your edge guys. But if you can manufacture some more, if you can get some more from the interior, if a guy like Junior Colson become, can become a better blitzer, then I think you can get close to that production overall. If you look at the overall numbers, the sacks, they were about average in the country. Tackles for loss were about average. But it was timely. It was, uh, you know, they had to bring double teams. They had to keep guys in to protect because of those studs. So it's, you know, stats aren't the only thing you can look at, but what concerns you the most? And Mike Morris is on the screen. He doesn't concern me the most, it's just the pass rush. It looks like. Is, yeah, exactly. And you know what, are they going to have those edges that can get to the quarterback? And if they have to sell out a little bit, how does that affect the defense? It's going to be a little different. Now talking to the kids at media day, they said it's like year two in Mike McDonald's defense when you're playing with Jesse Minner for Jesse Minner, the new defensive coordinator. But at the same time, if you can't generate that pass rush, then you're going to have to bring the linebackers, Clay, or you're going to have to maybe bring some corner blitzes. So, um, but I think the one thing that he'll do is disguise things the way that McDonald did. I think they understood what had happened in previous years that there were too many tells on defense that 
gave away what they were going to do on any certain play. Last year, uh, tell me when you were watching that Ohio State game that they didn't look confused, that C.J. Stroud dropping back to pass, and not only is he getting pressured, but the guys you know, where he was going to go with the ball are being covered differently than what they showed at the snap. So uh, that's the kind of thing that you expect from defensive coordinators at this level, and Don Brown did a great job for a couple, three years here. So not discounting or taking away anything from him, but when they scouted him, it certainly looked like in those Ohio State games, especially people knew what to, what to do. So uh, I do think it is the the pass rush and then the linebacker depth. I want to see if some of these guys emerge. So, you know, there are some young guys, even older guys that haven't really had their chance, like Joey Velasquez, who I'd love as a player. Uh, I really do. He's undersized, but this kid. Uh, is, you know, the epitome of what a Michigan athlete should be. I think you're going to see him get a chance. But Kowal Mullings, is he going to hold up? He had some injury issues. And is that in, inside linebacker position going to be deep enough? So to me, that's the big thing. Yeah, those are the big things. But uh, when Jim Harbaugh said, I have a sneaky suspicion that these guys could be even better, then I think, yeah, I can see it. And, and it's funny because last year, everybody, oh, how can we be as good as last year? Well, nobody thought the defense was going to be worth a crap last year, Clay. A lot of people didn't. They didn't know what to expect. So uh, I think there are enough athletes there and there's enough depth at each, at each position that this is going to be a really good defense. Definitely possible. Uh, anything else on fall camp uh, before we move on to Mel Pearson and that whole situation? I just, you know what, you, you don't wish the summer away, but holy cow. Man, when you're coming off a Big Ten championship and you're stacked at so many different positions, and they are, then you want to see what they've got. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see who emerges at receiver and how they use that wealth of talent at receiver because there are a lot of guys there. Also, how Mike Sainer still holds up on defense and yep. if indeed he's going to be the starter at nickel like we think he's going to be. Yep. All good points. A lot to watch uh, as the month unfolds. We're under a month until kickoff, which is crazy. 30 days from right now, uh, they'll be playing in the big house. Uh, if it's a noon start, I guess. Um, moving on to Mel Pearson, Michigan hockey coach, at least for now, uh, hasn't had a contract for a couple months, just has been you know, kind of an employee. Um, obviously, the Wilmer Hale report was leaked uh, a couple days ago. That was concluded and handed over to the University of Michigan Athletic Department on May 5th. Uh, it's been several months now, and it looks like now that it's leaked to the public, they're going to do something here uh, heading in. But just a couple things that the report found um, Pearson didn't take adverse action against Shields, who was a uh, volunteer assistant for raising concerns uh, about some of the uh, you know way that they treated the staff members there. There were concerns about the culture and operation of the hockey program. There were multiple instances in which team leadership acted unprofessionally, especially in interactions with female staff members and treatment of student athletes. Apparently that was not Pearson in terms of the female stuff, but he heard about it maybe didn't take the proper action. Uh, you also heard there was an anti-Semitic comment that he made um, that was found in an anonymous survey of the players. Uh, inability or willingness to hold Bancroft, who was a former assistant coach, accountable for his conduct until he was let go this summer, right? Probably too little, too late there. Uh, there are pervasive fears amongst both student athletes and staff members of retaliation by Pearson for raising issues Basically, you read the report, and I think most people are on the same page to, you know, as to where this is going to go. Uh, but Chris, what's the latest on what's going on with Mel Pearson? Yeah, as of yesterday, we'd heard that uh, AD Ward Manuel was still working to extend him. 
Uh, but there was so much uh, opposition in the administration from uh, two people, three people that we talked to that said that just probably isn't going to happen. And part of it, the lying to investigators, you just can't do that at a place like Michigan or anywhere, frankly. But uh, that is probably if he is indeed let go, which really it sounds like he's going to be. Uh, in fact, it could happen as soon as today, which is Thursday at 12.57 p.m., um, it, you know, we're just kind of waiting to see, but something's going to happen here. I don't really have much doubt about that at this point, uh, unless there's a complete change of heart. I know that the administration was heavily against bringing him back. So, uh, and then when that happens, you know what, the deck's really stacked against you, Clay. 100%. And the thing that's interesting to me is, you know, the only devil's advocate thing here is, well, they had all these findings back in May. And I know the, the uh, you know, counter to that is that, well, they had a lot on their hands. They had to hire a new president. But at the same time, I mean, we're talking about some important issues here, something that is that is pretty crucial, especially if you look at the athletic department, um, you know, and, and why are they waiting until just after it was leaked to the public? What, what do you think about kind of the timeline here? Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. But uh, to me, you know, you go back to what Ward Manuel said to our colleague, Angelique Shingelis, he's going to be fine. You know, and, I, and Ward's the one that hired him. They go way back. You know, Ward worked with the hockey program when he was associate AD here when Pearson was working for Red Berenson as the head coach. So uh, that's the thing. It's it's personal relationships, too. But sometimes you got to put those aside and understand that, hey, you know, we, we just need a different direction. So and what will be interesting is if they do let him go, as expected, who's next? Brian Wiseman, we've heard his name, former Michigan Icer, who was hired as an, as a, an assistant coach in the NHL, I think, for the Islanders. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, for some reason, he's not there anymore. It's, people are speculating. People that we've talked to said it was coincidental, you know, but if he's the next coach, then maybe they've been kind of planning this. So, um, but I don't think that's the case, Clay, and that's the interesting part of all this. The timing is interesting. They kind of knew what was in the report and knew what was coming. Um, and you know what? In this day and age, Clay, more than ever, you can't sweep stuff like that under the rug, nor should you, frankly, nor should you ever have. But uh, especially now in this climate, there's absolutely no way, in my opinion, that, that you can bring him back. And it's unfortunate. I, I've met him a few times. I, I don't know him well, but uh, I've always liked him. And, and clearly he's done a good job here. It's true. Two frozen fours for Mel Pearson. So it's obviously unfortunate everything that, that went down and that they're in this situation for sure. I've talked to him a couple times too, and, and he was nothing but nice to me. But again, that's not uh, that's not what this is about here. So um, yeah, stick with the Wolverine.com for the latest on not only fall camp, but the Mel Pearson situation. Uh, join us on our message board, $1 for an entire year. That's our preseason deal right now. So get it before it expires. And uh, thank you to Matthew Hutchison Hutch, uh, who is uh, on the ones and twos here. Uh, and we'll see everyone next time.